0: Hello, happy Wednesday.
1: You're talking about sleep today. Yeah, it's been a while. while I, since he... It's perfect because I got so much sleep last night. My child is sleeping and it's glorious. She eats like a freaking hoss during the day, but that's okay because she sleeps at night. Yes. And I'm so wonderful. happy for you because you were exhausted for like three weeks like a zombie. I know it's she's she's just about to be seven weeks old which is early for them to sleep through the night Mm -hmm. and so I am blessed hashtag blessed um we work hard at it absolutely I am by no means the sleep expert but we do work really hard we follow moms on call like as a bible um and at six weeks exactly once she like was gaining weight well and doing good put her in her crib fed her a bunch at night put her down she slept through the night so now we're now we're, that's where we're at. And she's currently sleeping right now. So let's hope that she stays asleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember when you posted like, what age did you put your child in the crib? I was like, I think it was
1: like five or six weeks, but um, it's all over the board. There's mm-hmm. some people that are like, my child's still in my bed and they're two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not for me.
1: I can yeah, barely sleep for
0: me. Marcus was no. in our bed twice this week just cause he was kind of coughing and stuff. And I woke up with his foot in my shoulder blade and it, I mean, it just hurts so bad. I was like, Oh my oh, gosh, God. child. Like he just like kicks. They don't realize their own strength, obviously. Mm-mm. And he just moves. He like does these like circular motions. And so thank God the last couple of nights he's been back. He got thrown off his routine, you know? So he's mm-hmm. been back into his normal routine. It was totally. raining this morning. So we got to sleep till 7am, which was awesome. But Anyways, we wanted to, you know, cover this podcast because we do get a lot of questions about sleep, a variety, you know, how do I know if I am sleeping well? You know, a lot of times we tell people, you know, you should be able to fall asleep easily, Not really wake up a lot during the night. I think there's some normalcy to every now and then, right? Like you wake up, Mm -hmm. um, you know, once here or there, but really you should be sleeping through the night and waking up feeling rested. And so we wanted to kind of talk through everything that the body does when we sleep and why it is so important to our health. We talk a lot about this in our Fit Mom lives. If you're part of our Fit Mom community, I'm sure you have heard us hound sleep and stress management um, a thousand times in there because it impacts everything. It impacts our weight loss efforts, our strength development, our recovery, and so much more. And so um, we want to just talk to how important it is to eat enough during the day to ensure that we're not riding the blood sugar roller coaster, which will cause a lot of people to wake up multiple times throughout the night because blood sugar is dropping low. And we want to make sure that you are you know, staying stable there. And that requires eating enough throughout the day so that we can get quality sleep.
1: So we're going to talk through kind of just like the stages of sleep first um, and just briefly cover those so that we understand like what each one means um, and what they are. So we have four stages of sleep, technically um, one and two and REM consist of life sleep while three and four consist of deep sleep. So stage one. This is like when, when you're drifting off to sleep. Okay. So you're awake and you're starting to fall asleep. And this is a, a light, non REM sleep that doesn't last very long. You may start to like relax and dream a little bit, but you may also twitch. This is totally like, I totally know this.
0: <laughs> yes. I twitched the other day and woke myself up. I was like, what just happened? <laughs>
1: Yes. And the, the, you also twitch and like kind of transition into stage two. And I think this is why babies, their first like 10 minutes of a nap, a lot of times wake up because it's that light sleep that they like twitch. And if they're, you know, wake themselves up with that startle reflex. Um, so stage two of the sleep cycle is still a light sleep, but you are drifting into a steadier sleep. Your breathing and heartbeats, slow down, your muscles relax, your body temperature decreases and your brain waves start to become less active. Okay. So in stage three, you enter a deep sleep. And stage four is the deepest sleep stage. So during deep sleep, your breathing, heartbeat, body temperature, and brain waves reach their lowest level. Your muscles are extremely extremely relaxed, and you're actually really difficult to arouse. To rouse, arouse.
0: arouse. <laughs> hey, sometimes you get aroused in the sometimes middle of the night. You
1: get aroused in the middle of the night. Who knows? Um, but this is basically like the most difficult time to wake someone. Stage four is known as the healing stage, when tissue growth and repair take place important hormones are released to do their jobs and cellular energy is restored. And then we have REM sleep. Okay. So your first REM cycle of the night begins about 90 minutes after you fall asleep. And it recurs every 90 minutes, you go through these different sleep cycles, your eyes move around quickly behind your earlids and your brain waves look similar to those of someone who's actually awake, your breathing, heart rate, blood pressure rise to near waking levels. REM sleep often referred to as stage five is when you are most likely to dream and your arms and legs actually become slightly paralyzed during this stage, which is kind of crazy to prevent you from physically acting out your dreams.
0: Yeah. It's pretty crazy. crazy. Have you ever like had those very, very vivid dreams and then you wake up and you're like, Oh, I, I'm going to remember that dream, but you don't. Um, yes. I've had some very vivid dreams recently that felt lifelike. Like I felt like I was actually so living crazy.
1: inside of them, um, which mm-hmm. is, is crazy. That was pregnancy. Yeah. Pregnancy I had so many crazy dreams. I think I'm going to start dreaming again now that I'm actually sleeping through the night.
0: <laughs> I, I hope you do. Dreams, Sometimes dreams can be eye-opening to things. Art and I were talking the other day about just like what your dreams can tell you and, um, you know, kind of lessons that you can learn from your dreams sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So how much deep sleep should you get? I think this is a very, very common question. Um, and so in healthy adults, about 13 to 23% of your sleep is that deep sleep. So if you sleep for eight hours, that's roughly what, 60 to 110 minutes, right? But Mm -hmm. as you get older, you require a little bit less deep sleep, actually. And what happens during deep sleep is kind of a variety of functions which take place in your mind and just overall in the body. So memories are consolidated Our learning and emotions process, physical recovery occurs, um, which is why sleep is so important, especially for those of you who are training or maybe training a little bit too much with not enough recovery. Um, again, blood sugar levels and metabolism balance out. Our immune system is energized and our brain detoxifies. This is something that Becca and I studied last year that was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. looking at like the blood vessels and how when the brain detoxifies, um, The vascular um, veins kind of open up so that toxins can be released from the Mm -hmm. brain, which is really, really cool. So without deep sleep, these functions cannot take place properly, and the symptoms of sleep deprivation will start to kick in. We know, we've talked about this many times on the podcast, when you are sleep deprived, it almost feels like you're hungover. Like you can't get
1: get enough of the carbs. I would almost, yeah. Well, it's like a combination too, Mm -hmm. but I feel like just as bad, but without the drinking. (laughs)
0: Yes. Very, very, very true. Um, At least, you know, if you drink, like you did it to yourself, but it just sucks when you are sleep deprived. Um, And scientists tell us that, you know, deep sleep is the most important type of sleep that we need to get adequate amounts of. On the Mm -hmm. other hand, there doesn't seem to be any such thing as too much deep sleep. So if you track, um, you know, your sleep with an app, I know there's a variety of different apps out there. Becca and I both use the Aura Ring. We absolutely love that. It can kind of show you where you're at with your deep sleep, your REM sleep, um, and your sleep efficiency scores, which mm-hmm. ironically for many people, they think their sleep efficiency should be, you know, super, super high, but it's not uncommon to be right around like the 80% yeah. mark for efficiency.
1: When you're sleep deprived, it's much better. Cause when I started sleeping through the night, it was like 97% I was sleeping. Cause I'm like, my body's like, you need this. <laughs> so how much REM sleep should we get? There's no official consensus technically on how much REM sleep you should get. Dreaming is the most common during this stage. Experts believe that dreaming helps us process emotions and solidify certain memories. For most adults, REM takes up about twenty to twenty-five percent of sleep, and this seems to be healthy during average sleep cycles. However, sleep research is raising some interesting questions around this. So, one recent study suggested that higher amounts of REM sleep may actually be associated with depression, which is kind of crazy. Um, obviously, like don't go making changes in your sleep habits based off of this because it's not totally clear which was like the cause and the effect. Um, but I have I I, I am a believer. That you can get too much sleep. Oh, me too. Like, if especially like children, no, but when you're an adult, you don't, you should not need 10 hours of sleep. Mm-hmm like that is, you know, your body is, and we're going to talk a little bit about like when you don't sleep well, what it's kind of telling you. Um, But if you are like getting nine to 10 hours of sleep and you're not feeling rested, there's something else going on. Um, I say the sweet spot, like be in bed between eight and nine hours. And then you're, if you're getting efficient sleep, um, you should be getting plenty of sleep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what happens while we sleep? I think this is the really interesting pieces that I'm excited to share. So we detox, Um, I often ask people who consume wine before bed and they're like, well, I wake up in the middle of the night. Yes, usually you're waking up between one and three because you're detoxing. Um, We'll talk about that. So our circadian rhythm is our internal biological process um, that regulates sleepiness and alertness at regular intervals. This is why number one thing that we start with clients in our um, six-month coaching program is balancing our circadian rhythm because it's really, really important. Although it's often referred to as kind of like the sleep-wake cycle, our circadian rhythm is not just limited to our sleep patterns. Research actually shows that the circadian rhythm also exists with our organs and certain organs have their own rhythm and circadian Rhythm clock. Um, so, this can disrupt your cycle, um, your sleep cycle, um, and alter the rhythm patterns of certain organs and harm your health if we are not, you know, being consistent with our routine. And so, one of those major organs that um, gets impacted is our liver. So, our liver filters the blood to remove large toxins, it secretes digestive juice to break down fat soluble toxins, and maintains the overall health of your body through hormonal regulation. So, shifting your sleep pattern affects that liver's metabolic clock and essentially puts you at a greater risk for undesired medical conditions. So here it's important, you know, to sleep based upon your circadian rhythm. If you have not done so already, start to work on that consistent um, sleep habit and routine. You know, looking back at ancestral days, they always followed the sun, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is where for our clients, we're telling them like, nine o'clock, 9.30, 10, 10.30, somewhere in that range, it's time to start winding down and getting into bed. Because really yep. we don't have any business staying up until midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. We should be waking when the sun rises. Obviously now it's going to be harder because we're in the fall seasons and Beck and I are up at the crack of dawn at five o'clock in the morning when it's dark and cold. But the more consistent that you can be with your routine, the more consistent your entire body and all of these other organs
1: can stay in that pattern. Yeah, that's what Nick was saying this morning. He's like, it's so hard to get out of bed when it's dark out. Yes, (laughs) like, I know. And it was like 640. Um, So traditional Chinese medical science also similarly emphasizes the body clock because Chinese medicine practitioners believe that our organs are vigorously growing and repairing and detoxing old and new cells at different time intervals. So for instance, Chinese medical science believes the liver is at its peak detox stage between 1 and 3 a.m. So a lot of times if people have liver issues, they find themselves waking up between 1 and 3 a.m. You should be asleep. Liz and I always talk about trying to be asleep by midnight. A lot of people do like later, um, you know, rhythms. So like they go to bed at 11 and sleep until 7 or something. They always say you need to be asleep by midnight so that your liver can focus on its cleansing function. Additionally, the lungs are most actively cleansing between 3 and 5 a.m. Healthy lungs counteract toxins from allergens, pollutants, smoke, so obviously very recommended to be asleep during that timeframe. Um, I don't and think I can stay awake until 3 AM if you pay me. Oh my me. God. I literally, so we were talking to one of our clients yesterday and she is, she uh, does like, um, oh my gosh, she does spinal taps and she does anesthesiology. So she was talking about how they have 48 hours, like she has 48 hour um, shifts sometimes. And I was like, I literally would not function mm-hmm. like, let alone be precise with putting a needle in someone's back. Like Mm -hmm. I cannot, I'm literally, I think that I am like slightly narcoleptic. Like I cannot stay awake. Um, So anyways, there's also some fun, interesting facts around your sleep position and detoxification abilities. So interestingly, sleep postures have like a minor, but measurable impact on the detoxification process of the brain. Um, So they've done research on sleep postures and they actually found that lateral sleeping position or like sleeping on your side is more efficient than other sleeping positions at removing waste from the brain. So you would think like, why? So during sleep, the complex system that uses fluids to remove negative chemicals from the brain seems to run more efficiently when you're lying on your side. Perhaps that's why sleeping on your side is the most popular sleep position and for dogs and other animals too. Like mm-hmm. I need, um, I, I was very hesitant to get rid of my pregnancy pillow postpartum. I kept it around for like five weeks, but then I think Nick was like starting to get upset. Cause it's like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I finally got rid of it and now I'm like, I miss it. So I might need to get a pillow to like put between my legs because that helps me stay on my side.
0: Yeah. We have, (laughs) so Art and I have like five pillows in our bed right now. And the other day I was getting irritated. I'm like, these pillows, they're so comfy to like, I curl up into it like a body Mm -hmm. pillow, but yes, it does take away from your cuddle time or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'm only going to keep my pillow on this side of the bed. If I'm cuddling (laughs) the pillow, I'm this way. If I'm cuddling you, I'm cuddling this way. But anyways, um, Thinking about this too, I believe on your left side is what's recommended for Mm -hmm. pregnancy, right? So the blood can flow to the uterus. Um, I can.
1: Yeah. Yep. So I couldn't remember. I know it's the left side and it's something about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, this is all I can give you right now. That's just what I remember. Um, but you guys can look it up on Google. Google's a great place to, you know, search things. Just make sure it's a credible source. But sleeping on your side during pregnancy is one, comfortable, especially when your belly gets big, but two necessary it's impactful. But okay, so what does your sleep say about you? We got this question and I thought it was a very interesting question. And I actually love it because a lot of people just chalk their poor sleep up to You know nothing essentially, like yeah, I just don't sleep well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not normal. So waking up multiple times per night to pee, um, and not or you know not being able to fall back asleep easily can actually be contributed from other things. So we always challenge our clients. Like Beck and I both drink a lot of water. I don't wake up in the middle of the night to pee. I think oftentimes you're waking up and you're going pee because you woke up, right? Mm -hmm. But usually, what's happening here is that you've got too much stress, um, and sometimes, again, too much uh, intensity coming from your workouts, not enough recovery. Um, and therefore, you're constantly living in a state of elevated cortisol during the day, um, which can cause water retention. It can cause you to pee overnight. So sometimes that can be a contributor if you do have to get up and pee. But again, if we're not eating consistently throughout the day or you know we aren't eating enough, sometimes it can be that blood sugar roller coaster that you're riding and that's causing you to wake up as well. So one of the things that we recommend to a lot of our clients, is a blood sugar balancing snack before bed, um, and this can be you know carbohydrates. That's most impactful. Carbs have an inverse relationship with cortisol um, because they spike insulin, which will bring cortisol down. So, doing something carb with a little bit of fat or protein is definitely important. We want to pair it together to keep blood sugar stable, not just carbs by itself, because that will just you know spike insulin and then lead to a crash, waking you up. Um, you could mm-hmm. also incorporate adaptogens, so you know things here like ashwag- ashwagandha, um, you know, or other adaptogens. I know that there's a lot of different herbs out there that are in
1: some of those mm-hmm. herbal like sleep supplements too. Yep. So the other couple types are like, if you wake up before you want by a couple of hours. So like people are like, I always wake up like an hour before my alarm, but then I'm tired. Um, so this is often too little food and then a drop in blood sugar causing higher cortisol too early in the morning. So basically like your food intake from the previous day is not getting you to that long sleep period. And so your body's basically waking you up to search for food, That's stress causes Mm -hmm. that drop in blood sugar. And then it causes us to wake up. Um, And then the other one is if you wake up multiple times and struggle to go back asleep. So Liz covered like waking up multiple times, but you seem to fall back asleep quite easily. This is kind of poor recovery and basically not enough de-stressing. Like this is where central nervous system is basically always too high. You can even run into like adrenal issues here. Um, This is where people like really just their body is so taxed that they just, they're struggling so much to recover and they're probably not eating enough too to help with that recovery. Um, so I would say like, this is the next stage beyond waking up, but falling back asleep. Um, when you're now waking up and you can't fall back asleep, your body is kind of like hyperdrive. So yeah.
0: you want to cover just that tip it. that you shared yesterday in terms of the need, if there are adrenal issues, the need for electrolytes in the morning rather than yes. coffee.
1: Yeah. So I'm probably going to butcher this, but basically the first couple of hours that you're awake, your cortisol should be high naturally. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to do is your body actually needs support from the adrenals. um, If if the cortisol is not very high and your adrenal system doesn't run on caffeine, guys, (laughs) it runs on electrolytes. It runs on our magnesium, our potassium, our sodium levels. You actually want to be taking in some salt first thing in the morning. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of like the lemon juice and the pink Himalayan sea salt first thing in the morning is very beneficial. Um, it helps with detox, but it also helps with getting your adrenals support to help create proper levels of cortisol to wake you up in the morning. So everyone goes for like that first cup of coffee. It's actually not very beneficial at that time. Um, it's kind of like artificial almost. And so I tell people, wait a couple hours, instead take in some electrolytes. I do coconut water first thing in the morning. Um, right now I use greater than coconut water. It's really good, um, really good calories, really good macros. And it's, awesome for breast milk production. Um, but I also use top notch hydrate. Um, I like double up my electrolytes every day. It's great. So that is what I use first thing in the morning. And it gives you energy too, because it's supporting the adrenal system, which then supports the production of the hormones that we need to help feel alert that first thing in the morning.
0: Yeah. I love hydrate. Beck and I were just talking before we started um, we the podcast. To order more. <laughs> we both need to order more. I go through it. We took an entire jug of it with us to Mexico. I obviously, it was well, unopened. Lemonade is soft,
1: like mm-hmm. my new favorite. Yes. That's what I we I need to try the them. other flavors that came out, but the other ones have caffeine in them. So like right now I'm,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I honestly love my caffeine. (laughs) I love a lot of the top notch products, actually, every single one of them mostly. Um, I don't really like the ones with caffeine. I think they have just like a slightly different um, taste. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Other things that we can do. So, how do we help our body sleep better and improve detox? Well, The first thing here, and I think this should honestly go without saying, but a lot of people do this, unfortunately, is like their nightcap or their wind down. Mm -hmm. We want to avoid alcohol. We want to avoid caffeine and nicotine as well, at least four hours before bed. And now I'm going to go as far to say in terms of caffeine, eight hours before bed, because caffeine has an Half life of about eight to 10 hours. And if you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine, this can be one of the reasons why you're struggling to fall asleep. Um, Because all of these chemicals, alcohol, caffeine, and nicotine, are stimulants. And so, again, it can just make it difficult for you to be able to wind down in the evening, fall asleep. And when you do fall asleep, they can actually make you sleep more lightly. Um, You know, a lot of people out there, and I can, you know, name several friends and, you know, even some of our clients, they kind of mistake that alcohol for that relaxation drink, you know, um, but alcohol can help you fall asleep initially, right? It can give you that relaxation effect. But as I mentioned earlier, when that liver processes or when the liver is detoxing and going through the detox process, it actually disrupts your sleep. Later in the night. It so, decreases
1: the amount of deep sleep that you get. Mm-hmm. I know that that is true. It mm-hmm. definitely decreases the, the amount um, yeah. and the quality of deep sleep that you get. So. Well, because it causes you to
0: wake up more frequently. Mm-hmm. You can have night sweats for some people. Um, can also lead to like nightmares, things like that. So same thing with cigarettes. Um, cigarettes cigarettes are stimulants, um, not relaxants. I, I don't yep. know anybody who smokes, thankfully, anymore these days. But cigarette smoke yeah. smells awful. I smelled at the airport the other day because we don't have any, you know, indoor dining or anything around us that has cigarette smoke. And there
1: was a lady outside. We were waiting for our bus to go back to our car, and I was like,
0: I just wanted to throw up. Like it just smells so yeah.
1: bad. That and like I'm not gonna lie, I I totally know a lot of people smoke weed, which is fine. I don't I don't do it. I've never really been into it. But I was I walked into the grocery store yesterday. The people in front of me, I'm like, you had to have been hot boxing in your car. Like it reeks and i was like and they left then and i'm just like it is it smells like skunk like it's just Mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh my god like it's very potent right now (laughs) um anyways number two limit light in the evening so we've talked about this before darkness induces the production and release of melatonin so if you struggle falling asleep dim your lights at night that's what we always do we always turn off as many lights as we can um obviously like we might watch a show or something but we'll turn off all the other lights and as the melatonin as everyone knows is kind of our sleep regulating hormone so that your body can be cued to fall asleep faster when you do close your eyes so try to start dimming lights in the evening um we also suggest you turn on night mode filters on all of your screens which you can do on your computers on your cell phones um and Liz who's wearing the special glasses right now um you can switch to like blue light blockers um, Basically to block out blue light for better eyesight and for better sleep. Yep.
0: Yeah. I'm wearing my blue light blockers today. Oh, I found them last night when I was cleaning up some stuff to put my fall decorations out. But I honestly find when it's um, dark and gloomy, I strain a lot more in my office Mm. and that's where Mm. I'm going to be working today. But okay. Tip number three, reduce intake of sugar and processed foods. Go back and listen to Monday's podcast if you haven't, where we talked about sugar and processed foods because high consumption of both sugar and or processed foods will increase your chances of developing chronic diseases such as heart disease, diabetes, right? These can also harm key organs that are responsible for detoxification. Number one is your liver. We know that, right? This is, you know, when we look hand in hand at cortisol, I'm sorry, not cortisol, cholesterol levels and how the liver is functioning, most of the time there are issues. It's because we're eating a diet high in refined carbohydrates and a lot of sugar. Okay. So when our key organs that are responsible for detoxification in the body are not functioning optimally, um, you know, this is where you are going to experience more symptoms. And one of those can be insomnia. And you know, inability to sleep and wake up feeling rested. So replace snacks with fruits and make sure that you're eating proper meals, well-rounded, balanced meals, protein, vegetables, carbs from one ingredient, whole foods, sweet potatoes, quinoa, things like that. um, And start to really limit uh, the amount of junk food and processed
1: foods that you're consuming. Yep. Drink more water. Everyone's water needs vary but a general rule of thumb is like you shouldn't be waiting until you're thirsty before you reach for a bottle of water because you're already dehydrated by then. And we talk a lot about how water alone sometimes does not de- sometimes does not hydrate you especially when you aren't eating a well-balanced day-to-day diet. Um, that's why we're such big fans of electrolytes because your body needs the other pieces. It needs sodium, it needs potassium, it needs magnesium to help get water into cells. And so if you're just drinking water but you're eating a bunch of crap food you're probably not very hydrated believe it or not um, and water helps transport waste products through urination breathing sweating so we need to stay hydrated for detoxification purposes so like don't forget to drink a cup of water every hour or so keep water next to you if you need to flavor over water we like hydrate obviously from top notch um, element is a great electrolyte product um, altima is a great one too that you can find at most grocery stores in like little packets um, so if you need to flavor your water those Are always options. You can even use like drops if you need to. I try not to use those too much because they're usually um, flavored with some artificial stuff. But try to get more water in. You guys, I swear, if I'm not drinking enough water, I'm tired. I'm like cranky. Sometimes I feel more bloated without enough water. So get the water in
0: main thing that I feel is digestion. I don't go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. as easily, right? I feel a little bit more backed up, a little bit more bloated. And my skin, I noticed that my face gets a little bit more dry. So definitely want to stay hydrated. It's funny when we have new clients start with us, they're like, my skin is glowing. It's like two to three weeks in. And I'm like, yeah, because you're actually getting nourished. You're actually getting hydrated now. And sleeping. Um, Okay. Tip number five, eat food high in prebiotics. So prebiotics serve as food for the good gut bacteria. um, And these can keep your gut in a healthy place. So we always talk about the army in your gut. You've got good guys and bad guys. You want to support the good guys. So a healthy digestive system will protect your body and your intestines by detoxifying and excreting harmful chemical substances. And so again, this is where we need to be pooping every single day if you're going multiple days without going to the bathroom, that bacteria can start to ferment. Go back and listen to the SIBO podcast where Dr. uh, Siobhan started talking about, you know, that overgrowth that happens in the small intestine. It can happen in your large intestine too. So really, really important that we're detoxifying and we do that through waste, pee, sweat. Um, And so a couple of examples here are uh, apples, bananas, oatmeal, tomatoes, those are really, really good in terms of prebiotics uh, sources. So start to put
1: some of those on your grocery list. And fun fact, it's apple season right now. So you have no reason not to. All mm-hmm. All right. Last tip before we wrap up get sunlight in the morning. I know that this is hard for a lot of people because they go to work really early or they wake up really early, but sunlight suppresses melatonin production in the morning. And so that helps keep your circadian rhythm. It helps keep when you should be producing melatonin in check. The sun's UV rays also help your body make vitamin D, which is a substance that obviously keeps your bones, blood cells, immune system all very healthy. So in the morning, you can open your blinds. I try to keep my blinds open as much as possible. You can go out for a walk. That's one of my favorite things to do in the morning once my schedule gets back on track. I always would go for a quick walk once I dropped Carson off at daycare before I started work, just get out, get some fresh air, especially before it starts getting super freaking cold in Chicago, which blows and I'm not looking forward to. So I'm, I'm in, you know, embracing this really beautiful fall weather right now, even if it's a little gloomy today.
0: Yeah. I went outside to the garage this morning in leggings and a sweatshirt. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's not cold yet. <laughs> I mm, really expected mm. it to be like cold, but, um, it wasn't. So yes. But yeah, I, I love doing that. And as many times as you can get out for a short walk, even if it's to your mailbox and back or just, you know, out to um, your office building, go around the building, get as much sunlight in as you can throughout the day. Mm-hmm. All of that's going to be beneficial, but yeah, hundred percent get it in first thing in the morning if you can. So, all right. Awesome. We hope that this was helpful and we'll be back on Friday with, you know, what day it is. Friday fire.
1: Yeah.